To all the guys out there that might be going on their first date, you need to give Chad Haynes a call. He has invented a new technique that'll work on every first date. This new technology is called Hit Him With A Handshake. Welcome back. I am back. Better than ever. Yeah, that's right. This is your boy, uh, Billy Williford, host of The Voice of Reason. And let's uh, let's do a podcast. Let's do this thing. Um, let, hold on. Let me first say, I'm never going to open my podcast that way again. I'm not Mike Greenberg. I don't, I don't, I don't work for Get Up ESPN. God, man, I used to hate when he, when he would open up Mike and Mike by saying, uh, uh, "We are back and better than ever." I mean, that that really drove me crazy. Um, but, but, ooh, I got six hundred ninety nine followers on Twitter. Look, look, guys, I am getting, I'm getting famous. I'm getting famous. You might want to, uh, you might want to hop on now. You might want to hop on now. Because when I get 700, I mean, man, man, watch out. Watch out for me, Clay Travis. When I get 700 followers, I'm coming at you. Um, but no, 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 no. Okay. So, you know, I'm not going to open my podcast that way. That's lame. Um, but I don't know how to open it. So, I mean, so this is what you got. Me just rambling on for like a minute and a half telling you nothing. You've probably already cut the podcast off, but you know, that's okay. That's okay. Um, but, but hopefully this is something that I can get to every week. Um, if you even want to hear me talk, I don't know. I would like a co-host though. So, um, if any of my followers want to co-host with me, um, give me a shout. Let's try to work this out. Um, even if it's just like, Hey, you know, one follower, uh, a week can guest host with me. Um, that'd be cool too. So just the, the more I can get you guys involved, the easier it will be on me. Um, the more fun you'll have. Um, and so, yeah, that, that's what we got. But so let's dive in Tennessee basketball. Uh, losers of three of their last seven games, three of their last seven games. Um, they got crushed by Kentucky and Rupp Arena. They got beat by LSU uh, in Baton Rouge, and they went down to the Plains, and Bruce Pearl did not invite them to the barbecue. Man, that was bad. That was bad. That was a bad joke. Uh you know, I was going to write a post uh, for All for Tennessee. I'm a writer for All for Tennessee. If you don't like the site, um, that's okay. That's okay. You should you should just try to learn to like it. Uh, no, we don't have credentials, but you don't need credentials to see that Lamonte Turner is not getting it done this year for Tennessee. I don't need credentials. I don't need credentials to see that Lamonte Turner went one for eight from the three-point line. I don't need credentials 
to see that Lamonte Turner is one for 15 the past three games from the three-point line. And I don't need credentials to see that he is not the answer in the starting lineup. Lamonte Turner should not be in the starting lineup. Look, I'm not, if you follow me on Twitter, at Billy Wilford, W-I-L-L-I-F-R-D, Will I Ford, um, I just, I, I use stats to tell the truth, and that's what I do. Uh, I'm not hating on Lamonte. I don't, I don't ever want my takes to uh, make it sound like I'm hating on a kid, Um but he's not been good. He's really not been good. Look at this. He was one for eight from the three-point line against Auburn. He was one for seven against LSU. Loss. Zero for seven against Kentucky. Loss. Two for nine against Kansas. Loss. Two for seven against Loyola. Loss. Two for seven against Kentucky in the SEC tournament. Loss. That's horrible. That's horrible. He's made eight three-point shots in the past six losses for Tennessee. That's horrible. And it's not so much that he's in a shooting slump as it is to me as he's taken shots away from Grant, Grant Williams. He's taken shots away from the Grant Williams that could be the first player in SEC, uh, hit, well, not history, first player in the SEC to win back-to-back SEC Player of the Year since the early 1990s. You know how many good players? You know how many good players have played in the SEC since that time? And Grant Williams is going to be the one? Get the man the ball. Please. Speaking of getting him the ball, look at this. Well, you can't look, but take a look. Or, well, ah, just listen. Shh. Okay. So, in the four losses this season, in the four losses this season, Grant Williams shot 51%. He went 22 for 43. Remember that number, 43. He took 43 shots in the four losses and shot 51%. Lamonte Turner. There's no way he took more shots than Grant Williams, right? Well, 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 you're wrong. Lamonte took one extra shot. He took 44 shots in those four losses, and he only made nine. He only made nine. He went nine for 44, 20%. You you know what happened against LSU. You know what happened. He went down and he took a he took a horrible shot. I mean, no one can discredit how bad that shot actually was. I had people come at me on Twitter saying Barnes should have t- taken a timeout. Well, well, Barnes can't take a timeout in that situation. Sure, he can yell at his players to take the timeout, but I I like not taking the timeout there. And let me tell you why. Tennessee is a veteran bunch. They're they are a smart basketball team. You depend on your veterans to win you games in late situations. LSU's defense, go back and watch it. Go back and pull the tape. And I and I try to watch every game twice. Go back and pull it. 
LSU's defense was on the run. They didn't know who they were guarding. Some of the players hadn't turned really around yet to see where the ball was. Lamonte takes this stupid three and ends the game. Last season from the three-point line, Lamonte shot it nearly 40%. He shot 39.5% from the three-point line. In SEC play, that percentage rose to 45.2%. 45.2% in SEC play ain't no joke. That boy was shooting the three-point ball last year. This season, though, he's shooting 29.5%, 10% worse on the season than he did last last year. This is going to sting. This hurts. This really does hurt. He's shooting. Lamonte Turner is shooting just 27% from the three-point line in SEC play. What is alarming to me, okay, what's alarming to me is he's taken the second most three-point shots this season, only behind Schofield, who has taken 146. But, you know, Admiral shooting the ball at 40.4%. You want Schofield taking those shots. You want Schofield taking shots uh, on a heat check. You're okay with that. Lamonte's taking 122 threes. Jordan Bone shooting 34.2% from behind the three-point line is taking 117. And Jordan Bowden, who's, again, shooting 34.8% behind the three-point line, is taking 112. Lamonte Turner has taken 122. And he's shooting at 29.5%. I mean, I've had, I have people coming at me on Twitter saying, you don't coach the team. I don't need to coach the team to see that Lamonte ain't getting it done. Just like every Vol fan last year, didn't need to coach the team to know that the offensive line blew footballs. Just like everyone a part of all nation didn't need credentials, didn't need to coach the team to know Alvin Kamara should have got more snaps. It's easy. This stuff is easy. You don't have to have credentials. You don't have to be a coach. This is easy stuff. Listen to this. In the last three losses, Eve Pons and Jalen Johnson played a combined 18 minutes. Eve Pons and Jalen Johnson played a combined 18 minutes. In that same three-game stretch, Lamonte played 110 minutes. He scored 14 points. And went 2 for 22 from behind the three-point line. If you're not good at math, like I'm not, that's 9%. 9 poor, 9 poor percent. 9%. I don't want to be one of those dudes that says, oh, I could do that. I really could shoot 9% from behind the three-point line in a college basketball game. I'm not even kidding about that. I'm not even hesitant about that. Heck, I'm fairly certain I could shoot 9% with my eyes closed in a college basketball game. That's horrific. 
That's horrible. Horrible. That's, I mean, I can't even, 9% in the last three, well, gracious. So why is he, why is he still playing? Why is he still starting? Look, I wrote a piece the other day, again, from all, at all for Tennessee. Uh, some of y'all might hate us because we call it like, call it like we see it. And sometimes it's not the Tennessee is the best team in the nation all the time. Uh, sometimes it's not Tennessee should be, uh, ranked number one in the nation all the time. It's not, oh, we love Tennessee all the time. Sometimes you got to tell it like it is. And right now, Tennessee's not that great of a basketball team when Lamonte Turner starts. They, they're just not. We can go back and forth all day. They're just not that good of a team when Lamonte Turner's in the starting lineup. Here you go. I wrote this post a couple weeks ago. Actually, I wrote this post right after they lost to LSU. Lamonte Turner is better off the bench. I'm not saying he's not good. I'm saying he's better off the bench. Pons needs to be back in the starting lineup. Here's a couple of reasons. With Pons in the starting lineup, he doesn't take shots away from Grant Williams, Admiral Schofield, and Jordan Bone. Your three best scorers on the team, Pons isn't taking shots away from them. He's okay, and then you know, people are gonna come at me. Well, he's just gonna get he's just gonna cause Grant Williams to get to get double teamed. Hello, have you watched the games? Grant Williams gets double teamed anyways. Grant Williams gets double teamed all the time. Think about this. Some of y'all might not be old enough uh, to remember Tony Kukoc from the Bulls teams in the 90s. Heck, I was only late 90s. I was only, you know, 8, 9, 10 years old. However, Tony Kukoc was arguably the third best player on that team. That third, third best player on that team behind Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen. He came off the bench. He probably could have started for every other NBA team, but Tony Kukoc came off the bench and made it happen. More recently, st- still still about a decade ago, a little over a decade ago, Mano Ginobili for the San Antonio Spurs was a starter when, when the Spurs made that 2005 NBA run to championship. Two years later, they're making the same type of run. What does Greg Popovich do? He moves Mano to the bench, and they still win. Why did he do that? He moved Mano to the bench because it made the team flow better. Sometimes all you can't have all scores on the court. You can't have five scores on the court. And when you have a guy like Lamonte who has to take a lot of shots – to 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 see a couple go in to get his percentage higher, he has to take shots to get going. You're taking shots away from your best players. You're taking shots away from SEC Player of the Year Grant Williams. I want to give Grant Williams more shots. I would be okay if Grant Williams took twenty shots a game, and I think you would too. Here's another reason. Kyle Alexander is better when when Pond starts the game. 
again, starting doesn't, it's hard to explain, but starting doesn't really mean all that much. But what it does do is it fixes the rotations throughout the game. Okay. It, when, when you start, unless you pick up a quick foul, odds are you're staying in the game for at least three to five minutes. Okay. Normally, if you start the game, you're starting the second half. So you're staying, again, you're staying in the game three to five minutes. Let's just say on, uh, let's just say Pons plays the first four minutes of each quarter or each half, excuse me, each half. Well, there's eight minutes right there that you're taking away from Lamonte and Jordan Bowden uh, and Jordan Bone. Okay, so they're just going to, they're interchangeable at this point. So there's there's eight minutes that you're taking away from those guys. Not necessarily taken away, but, uh, uh, you know, giving them a rest. Giving them a rest. Listen to this. Lamonte has played, here's, here's the past, uh, since the Kentucky loss. He's played 35 minutes. 29, 30, 34, 39, 33, and 36. That's just too much. That's just too much when you have Pons and Jalen Johnson on the bench that honestly that honestly can bring just as much to the table. I had someone come at me and said, yeah, but when Pons is in the game, they'll just double Grant Williams and uh, Pons ain't going to shoot and he's just going to turn the ball over and he can't make sure. I don't, I don't, I don't know what that guy sounded like. It just, it was a dumb, it was a dumb comeback. So I, I gave a dumb redneck voice because Lamonte Turner is shooting twenty nine point five percent from the three. Pons is shooting twenty eight percent. Yeah, Lamonte's a, a tad bit better, but it's not like he's making teams respect him from back there. Heck, if I was the defense, I'm begging Lamonte Turner to shoot. I'm I'm leaving him open because I know he's just going to continue jacking it. But back to Alexander, look. Pawns, this is, remember, remember, these numbers come from right after the LSU game. Pawns, in the 13 games that Pawns started, which included six SEC games, uh, it included Gonzaga, it included Memphis, Kyle Alexander averaged eight, or excuse me, nine Point two points per game, eight point eight rebounds per game. Nine point two points per game, eight point eight rebounds per game. That's almost a double double from your big man. From your big man, that if he scores six points and pulls down seven rebounds, you'll take that from Kyle Alexander all game long, every game. Those numbers are not even close to being the same when Lamonte Turner starts. Remember, remember, these are just games to uh, right after the LSU game. So in the past nine games, including the LSU game, Alexander was averaging, this is when Turner started, 4.8 points a game, 4.5 rebounds per game. Before the LSU game, he was on a stretch of four games where he only averaged three rebounds per game. So not only were you getting less productive uh, points from Alexander, less productive rebounds from Alexander, but you were getting a less aggressive Kyle Alexander. And again, 
Alexander's not making all this happen in the first four minutes of the game, first four minutes of the second half, but it helps the rotations throughout the game. Finally, when Lamonte Turner starts, the assist percentage is not good. And for the ones that are not familiar with assist percentage, basically just means how well the team is passing the ball uh, in the offense. Listen to this. In 92.3% of the games that Pond started, the Vols finished with at least 50% or higher assist percentage. That percentage goes down to 66.7% of the games with a 50% assist percentage when Lamonte starts. So when Pond starts, 92% of the games, 50%. Assist percentage when Lamonte 66.7. If you take the if you take the assist percentage to 65%, when Pond started, the balls reached that number 46.1% of the time. When Lamonte started, 33% of the time. Again, starting's not everything, but you don't need a score in the game. For majority of the game with Williams, Schofield, and Bone. You just don't need Lamonte in there taking shots away from them. So we'll see what happens going forward. And we'll talk about the SEC tournament uh, here, in, here in the next couple minutes. But I just don't I, – I don't – I don't know what Lamonte – I don't know what Lamonte brings to the table that Pawns and Jalen – Johnson couldn't bring to the table. People came at me about his defense. And again, I know I know that he doesn't guard these players for the entire game. I know that he doesn't play the entire game. But Smart from LSU scored 29 points. Davis and Tyree from Old Miss scored 16 apiece. And Brown and Harper from Auburn scored 16 apiece. Those are all guys that Lamonte guarded at some point during the game. And if you go back and watch the LSU game, Smart got whatever he wanted, and majority of the time it was Lamonte gardening. So I really don't know what he brings to the table that Johnson or Pons, that I don't know what he brings to the table that Barnes is like so scared not to play Pons or Johnson. And at this point in the season, Vols have lost three of their past seven games. Don't you just give it a try? Because it's not working. Say what you want. They've only lost four games the whole season. They've lost three out of seven. And they're against NCAA tournament teams. Guess what? That's who you're playing going forward. That's who you have to beat to win a national championship. Something has to get. But all right, all right. Enough, 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 enough. I know I'm gonna. I know I'm gonna get a lot of hate for this. Uh, people saying I'm bashing Lamonte. Look, in 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 the Twitter and social media age, people are gonna come at me saying I'm bashing, and and that's fine. Uh, the only thing that I you know I have to say to that is I, I'm giving stats out. This isn't my personal view of Lamonte. This isn't me judging his character. 
Monte, he has he's never been in trouble uh, at UT as far as I know. But when I, I'm giving stats here, and they're not good. But I'll get off of it. You know, I don't coach the team. Someone came at me. I don't coach the team, blah, blah, blah. Something's got to give, man. Something's got to give. Tennessee was too good this season to not make the to not make this postseason special. Tennessee won, as you know, 27 games the regular season. 27 games. You know the last team to do that and not win an SEC regular season title? It was Kentucky in 1996. I was six years old the last time that happened. They just so happened to run into a buzzsaw South Carolina Gamecocks who went 15-1 and won that season. You know, Kentucky did go on to play for a national championship. They ended up losing to Arizona. But, man, isn't it the, isn't it the Tennessee thing to do uh, to have one of the best seasons and come out and break a negative record? <laughs> Isn't isn't that such the Tennessee thing to do? Um, but let's move on. Staying in state real quick, I wanted to hit on this just because I thought it was fascinating. So, uh, as we as you very well know, you probably know now, Vanderbilt just finished the SEC slate at zero and eighteen. They just finished zero and eighteen, and I hate that because. Not that I'm a Vandy fan, but I really, I, I mean, I thought Vandy was a better team than 0-18. I still think Vandy's a better team than 0-18. Uh, of course, you know, excuse me, <coughs> it doesn't help that Garland went out with an injury. He's going to be a lottery pick, and Brass Drew was banking on him. And I mean, you're seeing what Zion um, is doing to uh, to Duke when he's out, which again, totally different situation. Duke should still be able to win games with all the talent that they have on that team. But Vandy went zero and eighteen. The last SEC team to go winless in conference play, you have to go all the way back to nineteen fifty three, nineteen fifty four, and it was the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. You have to go all the way back uh, to to find this. When Georgia Tech was part of the SEC. Now, there were a couple teams that only won one conference game throughout the years. Um, However, all those teams um, were before 1970. And and that included Alabama, LSU, Old Miss, Tulane, Old Miss, LSU, and Georgia. So, So LSU and Old Miss actually only won one game twice uh, in, in conference play. Um, and then again, you have to go back to like 1960s when Tulane did it. So it, it's kind of crazy that Vandy did it in today's age when, when it seems like all of college basketball, um, even, even the mid majors have a lot of talent and can compete with the big boys. And, uh, it's just, it's, it's just, it's just real crazy that Vandy wasn't able to get at least one win. You could argue Look, Vandy. I I just I wanted to look up how close, how close some of their games were in SEC play, and it and it and it hit me that Vandy hasn't won a game in in the year two thousand nineteen. Their last win was against UNC Asheville on December thirty first. But SEC play, they lost to they lost to um, Old Miss by ten points. Uh, 
They lost to Kentucky by nine points. They lost to South Carolina by three points. They lost to Tennessee, remember, by five points in overtime. Really, they could have beat the Vols. They should have beat the Vols. If it wasn't for Grant Williams, <laughs> again, Grant Williams, um, SEC Player of the Year, no doubt, uh, scoring 43 points and making 23 out of 23 free throws. I honestly think Bandy wins. You want to you hear Lamonte Turner's stat line that game? Two for five from the three-point line. Ha, Tennessee wins. Tennessee wins. Um, they they came within ten points to Missouri. They lost by three points to Arkansas. They lost by ten points to Alabama. They lost to nine points uh, to Florida, 11 to Auburn, 12 to Tennessee, 7 to Alabama again. Um, so... So they played some close games. Um, here at the end, they really gave up, um, and, and I don't see them being A and M. But that's crazy to me uh, that they went zero and eighteen. Speaking of the SEC tournament, that starts on Wednesday, and if you've never been to the SEC tournament, you definitely have to make that. You you have to write it down on your bucket list right now. Actually, I'm gonna wait. That way, you can go get a piece of paper and a pen, take out your cell phone. Put it in the notes that you need to go to an SEC tournament. All right, you've had enough time. Um, it's in Nashville this year. The ticket for a Tennessee session is going to be rather hard to get. Rather hard to get because they're paired with Kentucky. Um, and anywhere the SEC tournament is, it is Big Blue Nation. I have been to Tampa, New Orleans, Atlanta, and Nashville. Excuse me, Catville or uh, uh, Cat Catlanta, because that's what Kentucky calls it, and they travel. Let me tell you, they travel but if you've never been to an SEC tournament you definitely need to go most of the Kentucky fans um are in good moods so uh, they're not really that difficult to deal with especially if you don't play them um but there is some annoying ones like this old woman down in Tampa when Patrick Patterson still played for Kentucky I still remember that old woman's voice Oh, God, every time Kentucky plays, every time they came down the court, we heard, he's holding Patrick, but ref, he's holding Patrick. Oh, God, I really wanted Patrick Patterson to foul out of the game, and he really was never a, a Wildcat that I hated, but I could not stand hearing, he's holding Patrick. Patrick, and she was yelling it just right in my ear. God, I oh man! And the dude beside us like stepped on my buddy's toe and like broke his toe. It was that ugh, that was a bad experience. But but down in Tampa, Tennessee made it to the SEC championship game uh, and played Mississippi State to where I ran out of the arena um, before the buzzer sounded because that's how mad I was. Uh, and if you've ever been to the SEC tournament, you hang out, you sit in the seats with the same people majority of the tournament. 
Uh, and I was rude. So if you sat beside me, a Tennessee fan down in Tampa, and I didn't shake your hand, I apologize. Uh, I was just pissed. Man, that was a horrible game. Freaking Barry Stewart knocking down threes. Bull crap. Um, but, yeah, so that game was not ideal. But, but, but you do want to go to an SEC tournament um, sooner rather than later because they are fun. They are fun. Yeah, I'm I'm pulling up this Mississippi State bullcrap game. 64-61. Oh, what a... Oh, man, what a crock. Yeah, that was... Ugh. We beat Alabama and Auburn to make it there, and you get beat by three points to Barry Stewart. Get out of here. Get out of here. No, that kid was... That kid was nasty, though. He was good. I can't take anything away from him. He was good. He could knock down that three ball. He knew when to take the right shot, Lamonte. Watch watch some uh watch some uh tape on Barry Stewart. And then you had Jarvis Fernando who who just blocked everything. Who just he just blocked everything at, he, he actually I'm looking this up. He uh three of the years that um he played for Mississippi State. He ranked inside the top four for block percentage. Man, that was a good state team. But anyways, back to this year. Go to an SEC tournament if you've never been. This year, uh, LSU is the one. Kentucky is the two. Tennessee is the three. Tennessee gets the three seed because uh, Kentucky beat Auburn twice. Obviously, Tennessee lost. South Carolina is the four. Auburn, five. Mississippi State, six. Ole Miss, seven. Uh, Florida eight, Arkansas nine, Alabama ten, eleven A and M, twelve Missouri, thirteen Georgia, and Vanderbilt obviously fourteenth. So Tennessee plays Friday night. I'm thinking the game will start around nine thirty Eastern time. Um, the Kentucky game starts at six p.m. Central time. You got to think two hours to play the game, about twenty to thirty minutes to warm up. Man, the game might start. Uh. I'm going to, man, I'm going to say like 9.35. 9.35 on Friday night, Tennessee will tip off uh, the SEC tournament, and they will play the winner of A&M, Vandy, um, or Mississippi State. My guess is Mississippi State, and I do not like that matchup. Tennessee and Mississippi State just played on senior night, and the Vols handled them, and it's always hard. It's always hard to play that team that you just beat easily, and a couple of days later, man, man, I know a lot of people are saying, well, I'd rather play Mississippi State than Alabama or Ole Miss, but I don't know. I don't think I would. I don't think I would. Give me Ole Miss again. You got to think Ole Miss is good, but we played Ole Miss at Ole Miss. Uh, Alabama, heck, they, 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 they I, I'm on Lamonte Turner for taking bad shots. Jeez, watch Alabama play. Their whole team. Dante Hall can't get a touch to save his life. But, no, no, no. So, I would, oh, man, I don't know. Mississippi State, I whew, I wouldn't be surprised if they beat Tennessee this time around. And I'm not trying to be negative, but, man, that Bulldog team's better than we saw in Knoxville. I'll guarantee you that. But let's say Tennessee and Kentucky, they both win. Tennessee-Kentucky matchup in the semifinals and not in the, not in the championship this year. Um, it will be Big Blue Nation. So it will be like playing a mini-rup. So 
if Tennessee can win, I mean Tennessee can win. Let's not let's not be fooled. They're a decent team. They're a good team. They can be a great team. They can be an elite team. But something's got to change. You can't discredit the fact that they've lost three of the last seven games. And three teams are in the NCAA tournament that they lost to. So uh, they got to get better. Um, can they win? Sure. Um, will they win? I don't know. I don't know. Um LSU is either going to get Florida or Arkansas in the first uh, game that they play Friday to start the day on Friday. South Carolina will get uh, Missouri, Georgia, Auburn. Um, don't be surprised if Bruce Pearl makes a run to the championship game. Don't be surprised if you see Auburn Tigers in the championship game. Um, I'm thinking about doing another podcast, breaking down each game. So look forward to that. Uh, right now, um, man, right now, uh, right now I'm going, just looking at it real quick. What scares me about Auburn is they're playing really good, but Bruce always chokes um, in the SEC champ in the tournament I don't know how LSU is going to continue to do when they play good teams without Will Wade and uh, Javon Smart so if I was just if I had to give you a quick answer which I do because you don't want to hear me just rambling on about nothing I would go Auburn versus Kentucky in the championship and unfortunately Kentucky winning another SEC tournament oh gosh I don't even want to watch it if it's that. Um, But I want to wrap up with, I want to give credit to the Big Ten. Uh, If you're like me, you hate the Big Ten. Uh, I really don't care for any of their teams. But I do want to give credit. I I was sitting there on Saturday night watching Michigan, Michigan State play. And I just realized that it was the last game of the season. And it was one of the biggest games of the season for the two schools. And I thought, how cool. How cool would it be if Tennessee and Kentucky opened up the SEC season and closed out the SEC season playing each other? That game, the final game of the regular season, could mean a number one seed. It could mean the winner is the regular season champ. It could mean a number one seed for the SEC tournament. And heck, like this year, it could mean a number one seed for the NCAA tournament. So I think I think the SEC um, number one needs to fix the schedule. And we can talk about that a different time because uh, Tennessee absolutely got hosed with their schedule. And Kentucky, as always, uh, just like they get the Alabama treatment of football. But... Uh, I think it'd be awesome to see Kentucky start the season with Tennessee and end the season with Tennessee, uh, and obviously that those are your two marquee match uh, marquee teams in the SEC going forward. I don't think LSU is here to stay. In fact, I think LSU um, is done. I think they're done. So. But, uh, like I said, hopefully hopefully try to do another one just breaking down the SEC tournament. If you want to hear, if you don't want to hear, you don't have to listen. Uh, and follow me on Twitter. I try to I try to um, put out a lot of cool stuff. I try to talk to as many people as I can talk to. 
Um, ooh, 702. Just doing this podcast, I, I, I got a couple of followers. So now I'm big time. So now you definitely want to follow me. Um, and yeah, thanks for listening and go balls.